What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single day, free on all platforms, coming at you five days a week, Monday through Friday. Tell your friends to listen. You do the same as Locked on Blazers, your team every day. Today's episode... A super fun one. Friend of the program, a longtime reporter, a longtime Trailblazers reporter and friend of the program, Jason Quick, joins back with us. Jason, how you doing? Thanks for joining the show. Mikey, Mike, I miss you. Yeah, it's, it's, been, too it's been too long. It has been too long. Um, I'm hoping to make my triumphant return to the Moda Center not too in the not too distant future. I know I promised you maybe February, and here we are in March. So yeah. not happy <laughs> so I about know it. You could you could call me out, but uh, I'm hoping um, I'm hoping I'm we are we are ready for me to be uh, the family is ready for me to be gone for a little bit in the evening and um, you know miss story time one night a week and check out a Blazer game because uh, I miss You're... being in the arena. I miss being in the arena. Your name tag is still right there on press row, right next to mine. Oh. So I look at it every every night, and I'm just like, "Where is he? God, <laughs> this this guy won't even yeah. show up." Um, well, yeah. that's nice. I'm glad they haven't given my seat away. That feels good. Yeah, uh, I no, I did tell them. I, I did tell them. I was like, "I'm I, I had a kid. I'll be back in a little bit." And uh, <laughs> assuming they would give my seat away, but I'm glad they're protecting you. They know that not everyone can handle sitting next to Jason Quick on press row. Grumpy old man. <laughs> the last one left uh yeah let's let's talk about uh this this team we have not spoken in a while but let's let's focus on kind of the new guys the new additions um you know we can get into the play on the court but it's kind of been pretty whack so let's let's get away from it what have you made of you know they've added two new guys who are playing kevin knox is really playing but what have you made of matisse thibel's first uh for first few games with the portland trailblazers uh, obviously I think everyone's surprised, encouraged by his shooting. Um, and I think it's really a testament to one of the strengths of Chauncey Billups, which is kind of talking guys up, empowering them, uh, letting them play freely. And I think Matisse, after his experience in Philadelphia, is looking at this as a fresh start and a, uh, a chance to play more freely. Um, and then just as a, uh, person, Matisse is as enjoyable as they come to, to talk to. He's super interesting, super engaging. Um, it's just really fun to be around and He's just got a kind of a cool spirit about him. So I really hope they keep him from a personal standpoint. And then also from a, uh, fit um perspective i think he's really good for this team i i think we've seen his defense as well you know he came he's all defensive uh nba the last two seasons and you can see why he's uh he's super smart he has great feel and uh i i just think that's obviously something that this team needs but i think obviously everything the thing that really jumps out is he's 
better than advertised offensively or has been better than advertised offensively. Yeah. I mean, through six games, he's 14 of 26 from three. Um, yeah. He made 21 total threes in 50 games with, with the, the right. Sixers. Um, he's just like, you know, it, he's, he's not going to shoot 54% from three for the remainder of his trailblazers career. It's going to come back. Um, he's like, a, he's, a, he's a career 34% three point shooter. Like he's, he's, you know, he's a slightly below average three point shooter his career. I, I think the volume for me is almost more important than the um than yeah. than the accuracy. And I think that's what you're speaking to with the sort of the Chauncey Billups able to kind of um prop guys up, say, hey, you've got the you've got the biggest green light. Like when you get the ball, shoot it. And in fact, if you don't shoot it, then you're gonna get in trouble. Like you're not gonna get we're no one's gonna get mad at you for for shooting, they're gonna get yep. mad at you for not shooting. Uh Matisse Thibel has taken 26 three-pointers in six games. Uh, that's, that is, uh, if you were to just like sort of, he's basically shooting about 50% more threes if you just look at it like at a per minute basis or a per possession basis than he was in Philly. He's just shooting a lot more. He's getting there. There's opportunities for him. The opportunity is there for him and he's seizing it. Um, he's had a couple drives to the rim though. Like he had a basket last yeah. night um, when he, uh, against, uh, you know, he had a basket last night where he got, scored off the dribble and like looks like pretty first, good. First like, facet of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Got himself into the paint, scored with his right hand, uh, looked looked pretty good in that one. It's just, uh, you know, the Pelicans kind of made you forget the first quarter by the end of the yeah. night, so you didn't you didn't really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was. Thought, go ahead. It, I was just going to share a little scene. It was really cool on. Uh, Saturday they had a practice and we get led in the gym and Matisse was like a little kid. He was having so much fun. They were having like a, a little three point contest. Mm -hmm. uh, they were teamed up. I think it was Matisse and uh, Kevin Knox against Shaden. And I can't remember who Shaden's teammate was, but uh, Matisse, uh, Matisse's team won. And, but he was just flying around like a little kid running around and it had a smile on his face the whole time. And I just looked at him. I was like, man, you could just feel his energy and feel uh, how happy he was to be here. And uh, I think that really can translate onto the court. Yeah. There, there's something so inexact about fit, right? Like yeah. it's, it, you see Josh Hart excelling in New York in a way that he didn't excel here. It's not like it's not like he wasn't appreciated here. Like Chauncey Billups loved, freaking loved Josh Hart. It just, um, it it just didn't fit. And with with Thibault, it's like it just uh, he had run its he had his his opportunity had run its course in Philly. He needed a change of scenery. So I really do hope it works out for him here. Um, this is like a reporter thing that I think my eye and my brain maybe reads more than more than your average person. But you wrote a story about Matisse right when he showed up. Um, and it was about mm -hmm. the book he was reading and kind of the opportunity and all that. And my read on it, my reaction was, if Matisse Thibel talked to Jason in the locker room prior to his first game, he's a good dude. Like, that's a good guy. Uh, because you could tell that, you know, I, I'm always like, where'd this interview come from? And it was very clearly, this was a pregame interview in the locker room. And if, if fans don't yeah. know, seeing a veteran in the locker room pregame, pretty rare. Seeing a veteran in the locker room that agrees to talk to you pregame, incredibly rare. So just yeah. like that alone, I was like, to me, that's like, okay, that's, that's something to know. Like, this is a dude who um, is going to be engaging and interesting and all of those things, you know, even regardless of the content of the interview, just the setting of the interview alone was something that, uh, that's something that caught my eye. Um, how much, yeah, was, how much it, have you, go it, ahead. It was really, 
uh, cool because I, I was really lucky that night um, because as I was walking into the locker, so you kind of, there's a hallway and then you go into the Blazers locker room area and then you pass by Chauncey Billups' office and then you walk down a hallway and then go into the actual, actual locker room. Right. And so I was coming in from the hallway and Matisse was just leaving Chauncey's office. So it was, it was great luck that I got him right after his meeting with Chauncey Billups where Chauncey said, look, hey, I want you to shoot. I'm not, I'm not going to get mad at you for mistakes. I want you to play freely. And so that was fresh in his mind. He, you could tell that, that Matisse was really energized after that meeting. And I, I just bumped in and said, hey, you got a minute? He's like, yeah, sure, let's go to my locker. So it was, it was great happenstance. Yeah, it's um, it. I, I I don't think the average basketball nerd catches it the way that I do, but I am uh, yeah. I'm always reading your stuff and being like, yeah. I wonder how I wonder how Jason got this. Um, the sort of yeah. reporter competitor in me is like, Damn, <laughs> he really beat me in the locker room. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> That's uh still still somewhere deep down in there, even if I've transitioned away from that role a little bit. Uh, I want to ask you about Cam Reddish um, in, yeah. in the second segment. But first, I want to give out a little hardware. And why not give it out to Matisse Thibel? He's our Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week. The award that is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric Nissan Aria. Look, five three-pointers against the Warriors. Obviously, a game that they lost. He had... Uh, another two threes in a quiet night against Houston, but two three-pointers, four blocked shots against uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. He was brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant, some might say, elegantly powerful on defense, swatting C.J. McCollum's three-point attempt and tracking down Brandon Ingram in the paint for a block. He delivers the duality, the combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful but strong. Much like the perfect SUV crossover from Nissan, the 2023 Nissan Aria, which packs pinchier seat power, premium intelligence on all in an all-in-one EV. It's the all-new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right. Still chatting here with Jason Quick. And that's right. Damian Lord scored 71 points in a game this week, and I didn't give him the most electric player of the week. <laughs> because we can't give it to him every week. We had to change it up. But yeah, no, I was I saw Dame score 71 points. Sorry for stealing that from you. Um Dame, uh this isn't like that last year of LaMarcus Aldridge's career when they gave him a in Portland when they gave him an award for literally everything he did. You got to earn the Nissan Electric Player of the Week. Uh Jason Cam Reddish, the other new guy on the team, he's he's mostly been starting. Um he's probably going to be back in the starting lineup now that Anthony Simons is uh likely to miss some time. Uh some more time. Uh, what have you made of the reddish experience so far? I think overall it's been encouraging. Um, certainly you can see some flaws in his game. Uh, I think he's still probably as Chauncey Billups says, getting his, his playing legs under him. You know, he didn't play since December 4th in New York. Yeah. He, yeah, he missed like 30 straight games. So like he's yeah. had a lot of time off. Didn't miss him. He was benched. He was well, there. He, he, was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he attended. He's, there. He's not he, used. Yeah. Yeah. Attended. Attended the thirty straight games without getting uh, without getting work in. And so I, I think you can see from a conditioning point standpoint and from a rust standpoint, there's uh, still some hard edges there. But I I've been really encouraged by him. I I think he's um, 
super athletic. I like the way he uses his left hand, his off hand, mm-hmm. um, particularly to finish drives. And I think we've seen some of the um, defensive potential there, his wingspan and kind of getting uh, fingers on balls and stuff. So uh, I don't know that he's going to be a star, but I, I think there's enough there to invest in him a little bit. Um, I, I've been pleasantly surprised by by what he's done and and the potential that is there. And I know that's been kind of an ugly word that has followed him around uh, since he was a youth, but you certainly see why a lot of people get um, excited about him because there's a lot there. It's just a matter of finding um, the right coaching, getting him in the right mindset and having the right opportunity for him to, uh, to blossom. So overall, I think it's been a, been a plus so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think he's, he's probably outperformed what I thought he would as well. Um, I, I'm with yeah. you on overall a plus. Yeah. Um, I'm probably let, go ahead. And just on a personal standpoint, like, I find myself rooting for him. Like after talking to him, he's a super, super soft-spoken guy and very kind of to himself, but not in a snobbish or put off way. He's just very quiet and soft. And I don't mean soft, like in a bad way. Like he's just, uh, I don't know. Like I, I really liked him and I, um, not to toot my own horn, but like I was really drawn to him in my first conversation with him. Uh, I was trying to get a story out of him, and it wasn't going well because he is kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of private, private and quiet. And so I went to one of my kind of uh, you know things I keep on reserve if if I'm getting kind of shut out in an interview, and I just asked him, "When's the last time you cried?" And he sat there and thought for a second. He says, you know, it was a couple months ago. And he went on to kind of reveal that, you know, when he was in New York and kind of in the, the, the thralls of this being benched by Thibodeau, he was with his girlfriend and his uncle and his dogs and his, in his house. And he just broke down and cried. Doesn't know what brought it on, but he had been internalizing stuff so much and wearing so much of this frustration that he just broke down and cried and like that gets me you know like and the willingness to share that with someone who's like ostensibly a stranger like obviously it's a skill to be a reporter and get that out of someone but the willingness to share your vulnerability is um is says something about who you are as a person yeah and i think it also it's a little bit of self-awareness too that you know shit's slipping away yeah i think he realizes that there's not going to be too many more opportunities. And I think that was, there's a bunch of things that probably went into him breaking down. You know, he, he did note that there's some stuff off the court that he's been going through as well. But I think all those things combined brought him to that breaking point. And um, when someone has, as you say, that self-awareness and kind of faces that moment, I root for people like that, you know, and, and I, and again, like I, I can't stress enough and I, I, I'm not putting it very eloquently, but like how uh, just the way he, his, his demeanor, his personality, 
is he's not brash and loud and look at me. He's very to himself, but in a really endearing way. And so I'm really rooting for Cam Reddish to, uh, to get it together and just get a shot. I, th- I think this is all he's asked for is like, I want to come to the arena and know I'm going to play every game. It doesn't matter if I start, doesn't matter if I play 30 minutes, but just knowing that I'm going to play, I think has been really liberating for him. Yeah. I mean, well, they've, they've made him, he's had a role. Like yeah. he's basically playing. 30, he's, I think, he's averaging 20 minutes more than a night. At, at the expense of Nasir Little, which is what do you pretty make of interesting. What do you make? What do you make of that? I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I, I I think Nasir has the, deserved a chance. There's something I, I don't know what's going on there because my my read on every, it is that they are they want to see what Cam Reddish is going to be yeah. and they and Nasir is just taking the hit because he signed a multi year contract. They know he's going to be here next year. He's already agreed to right. it, and so right. they're just saying, let's see what we get out of Cam Reddish. Uh, you, you know that, who can't complain that, is the dude who's already going to be who's already has yeah. signed up to be here next year. Um, but I'm it with just you. Seems I think so unfair to Nasir. It just seems yeah. so unfair. He's earned this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, um, I don't want, I don't want Cam Reddish to not play. Like that's, that is absolutely yeah. not what I'm calling for, but I think their minutes could be flip-flopped and it'd be fine. Like Nas is playing in that 14 to 17 range and Cam is playing like 28 plus, And I would just yeah. like to see them flip-flopped. Um, yeah. there's been nights where clearly Nazir Little is a better player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, th- like, like last night, I, what did Nasir end up playing last night? I know there's a point he was at 12 minutes and then he got put in the fourth quarter for maybe like the last five. Yeah. They, they kind of last like, yeah. Last three, maybe there was like, three? okay, okay. The last five. Yeah. yeah. It was like, okay, we got it. We got to figure it out. I I'm pulling it up right now. Um, Nas ended up playing. Yeah. 17 and a half minutes. 17. 17 yeah. 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 But there was and, a point there in the fourth quarter. It's like, man, where's Nasir? He's only played 12 minutes. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, and, and Chauncey's been asked about it, and he said, hey, he's making mistakes. Shit, everyone on this team's making yeah, mistakes. Exactly. You know, uh, so I, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's a doghouse uh, type situation or or what, but it's a little odd. But I, I agree with you that I think they're, they know uh, that Nasir is going to be back, and they want to see what they have with Cam and, you know, whether or not they're going to – kind of invest in him in the future. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think to some extent I get it right. But, um, you know, there, there are nights when, and I don't, I'm not even sure that Pelicans night was a night where Nas wasn't, was better. Like Cam was fine in that game. He was like, he had 13 Nas at zero. So it's like that, not specific to that game. Um, but like there have been nights when it's like, clearly Nas is just a straight up a better fit at what they're asking him to do. Um, and it seems like they're prioritizing those minutes. Cam Reddish hasn't been bad. It's just like, he's, he's, uh, I don't think he's like this elite power forward that like changes the game. So there were some nights right. when Jeremy Grant was out that it, it's like, well, you're going to have an, it's like this bad fit or another bad fit. And um, I and, think he could Reddish, be a 17 I, minute guy though for you yeah. on a, on a decent team. Agreed. I, I think you see enough of the skills of the, like he can dribble and get to the rim a little bit, which is something this team yeah. needs. He can shoot a little bit, which is something this needs teams. This team needs he's six, eight and he's with length. Like he could, he has yeah. the tools to be a good defender. Um, does that mean he's like a starter in the NBA? No, but I think I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I see a future where he plays yeah. 15 plus off the bench on a good basketball team because yeah. he has the tools to to help. Yeah. I'm not crazy about his shot selection sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, he takes really <laughs> bad ones. That's, <laughs> that's the main reason. The main reason that you're a little skeptical is because he's taken a bunch of bad ones. Yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, let's <laughs> let's close the show. I want to just talk about like kind of wh- where you see them heading from here uh, as 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 they sit. But before we get to that one, I want to tell my listeners about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. I've been eating pro. Uh, I've been eating Built Bars regularly for about three years. Seventeen grams of protein, just one hundred and thirty calories, and four net carbs on average. My personal favorites: peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. And right now, if you want to find out, I've been telling you the truth all these years. Go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club because. For the first time, Built Bars are available in brick-and-mortar stores. So go buy a four-pack, see what you like, then head back to Walmart, head back to Sam's Club, buy that 13-pack, get the big box, and take them home with you and enjoy them. When you need a little pick-me-up, you need a little fuel, and need something that's going to taste great without loading you up on sugar. Uh, raise your blood sugar, but not completely spike it. Also, if you don't want to shop uh, in old-fashioned old in a store, you can still go to built, Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for more, uh, for 15% off and find out what else they got because it's more than just protein bars. Check out built.com for more. Still a pass, first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Still chatting here with Jason Quick of The Athletic. Jason, seems like the Blazers' playoff chances are getting slimmer and slimmer by the day. They're not going to pull the plug, but what direction do you see them heading over the final 20-some games for the remainder of the season? What do you mean? What direction? Do you think they do you think they get to a point where they realize there's six or seven games left in the season and they should and they should just you know play Dame twenty nine minutes a night and not thirty six or do you think they just push and push yeah. and push and push and come what may? Well, I think they're going to try to the bitter end. Yeah. Um, you know, Dame's been pretty adamant throughout his career yes. that that he's not into you know being a part of uh, a group that is not interested in winning. So um, look, I, it's, it's just such a funky season. Um, I think last night was, was a huge dagger. Yep. Just they need to win that game. And, but I'm not going to say that they're done just because the the West is so wonky and, and jammed up and, and it's, you know, I was so tempted to write last night, after the Pelicans lost that, you know, this is a, a dagger loss and this is probably the the beginning of the end of the season, but I've just been around Damian Lillard too much. That right. You never say this team's out of it because he can go berserk. And, and it's really hard to pile on this team right now because they're playing with half a deck and, right. you know, no size with Nurk not being there. Dame talked about last night that it really hurts them not to have Anthony or Justice. You know, he's Dame. I think a big, a big focal point entering the season was taking a lot of the pressure off of Dame. In that he didn't have to play with the ball a lot. He wanted yep. to play as he as he puts it behind the defense. Now, without Justice or Anthony, he's got to be the a facilitator and initiator. And so he's always in front of the defense. The defense can always see him, can always attack him. Whereas, you know, he prefer, would prefer it to be, you know, probably 75% with the ball at the top, 25%, you know, 
coming off of screens and, and yeah, being particularly early quarters. He does, early quarters. Yeah. He doesn't want to play. Yep. He doesn't want the ball. And he wants to have a right. little more variety of how he gets it. Yeah. Right. And, and now the only ball handler that they like re- really have that could do that is Trenton Watford. And if you put Trenton in, you're sacrificing a lot on defense and a lot on the boards. Um, and it's just, they're having, they're having a challenge yeah. figuring out how that works. I think the the yeah. lack of playmaking really showed up against the Pelicans when they kind of just fell apart in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, you know, I have long been uh, a proponent of not making the playoffs this year. You have been. You and, were an early adopter of saying this team needs a lottery pick before I was on board. Yes. And I said, Jason, yes. where are you? what is what are these words you're writing? But, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I've joined you there. Um, yeah. I, I think that's and, the move. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't get this narrative that people are saying that having the lottery protected picks is a bad thing for this team. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, Also like, because they made that trade with the Knicks, they have another thing to, to give to the bulls to get their picks back. Having the ninth pick is like, say they get the ninth or 10th pick in the draft. Like that's another thing you can trade to get better. Like, I don't think getting a couple picks in this first round is going to hinder um, their progress. Like it's almost certainly a better option. And then you'll still have those picks in the future. If you can agree with the bulls somehow, somehow, some way to amend those, the protections of that lottery protected pick through 2028. Yeah. So anyways, I, I, I think uh, the writing's been on the wall. I think everyone can see that this isn't a talented enough team to, if they did make the playoffs to make any noise. Yeah. So, um, you know, that. And I think Chauncey's kind of struggling to walk that fine line of giving Dame the best chance to win with this group and then also developing. You know, he's trying to give Cam Reddish some time. They're trying to see what Matisse is all about. Yet they're, you know, it probably comes at the cost of maybe that's not always your best lineup. So. Right. They're, they're in a really, they're in a really tricky spot. I think not only for the season, but this as an organization, they're, they're caught in that NBA purgatory, just in the middle. And that's the worst place you really want to be. It's really, it's, it's really tough. Like they've, they have been a team that's sort of consistently been shy of contending, but a playoff team. Now they're sort of shy of contending, but not one of the truly bad teams. Um, they've kind of, yeah. they've, they've stepped down a tier. And I think one of the really frustrating things is like, this is this maybe the best season of Damian Lillard's career, or if it's not, yeah. it's one of it the, is, definitely. yeah, like it's, he's been incredible. And so as a fan to watch the franchise icon play the best basketball of his career. And then the, like the franchise is selling, just wait, be patient this summer. We take, we make the big move and it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not like, I'm not predicting Dame like falls off when he turns 33 in July, but like this, you just don't get so many, I'm at my peak seasons and Dame looks fantastic this year. And the patience that you're asking of the fan base, that's, that's, it's tough. It's, it is, uh, they're finding themselves in a tough spot and they're about to kick off a six game road trip, um, at Atlanta, at Orlando, at Detroit. And then it, it closes tough at Boston, at Philly, at New Orleans. Um, I'm kind of over the, like, if they go three and three, they'll be okay stage of the podcast. (laughs) But it's like, this is, this is, um, this could be the one where there's no debate anymore about where they're at, you know, because they're close right now. Like we're recording this on Thursday afternoon um, and the Blazers are sitting in 12th place. They're a half game out of 11th. They're a game and a half out of 10th, a game and a half out of ninth rather. You know, if you, if you're really into it, 
they're still three games out of sixth, three games out of the fifth where the, where the Warriors are, are, are um, 32 and 30. Like if you really want to believe it still hasn't changed because as Jason said, the West is still a mess and has a bunch of, you know, just sort of teams with mediocre records. But I think we're deep enough into the season that you don't think the Blazers are about to rip off eight, nine in a row. Um, and particularly on the six game road trip. So it would be too early to bury them. It would be stupid just because of the way the math works. Like you can just look at the standings. The math is there. But yeah, I think um, I think you kind of know how this which way it ends. And I've I've joined you on team lottery is better than than a, the eighth seed in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and you have to look too. Like like when's their last really good win? It was probably at Memphis, right? Yeah, I mean, um, that's like that's a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. So they beat the, I'm just looking back through that's at Memphis on February 1st. Yeah. That's probably their best win. They won at the, at the wizards the next night when they came back and they beat golden state at home. Uh, but it wasn't the full, the full compliment of the warriors, but that was, you know, right. D- Dame's triple double, but yeah, that's probably at Memphis on February 1st is their last. That's re- a quality like, win. Like where you yeah. go with, okay, maybe this team has a chance. Right. Well, right. Yeah. Well then we really, took it. No- they, they really haven't given, you know, much encouragement since then. Yeah. I mean, they won four games to begin the season. They haven't had a four game winning streak since then. So um, to, to say that, okay, they're just going to rip off five straight. It's like, sure they might, but um, they haven't given you a lot of evidence since November that it's coming. God, Mike, you remember, remember early in the season we had a, when they were 10 and four and we had a podcast and we're like, people should enjoy this. Yes. This is so like, yeah. Perfect example of like, Live in the now, live in that moment of how fun that Blazer team was and how hard they played and just how good everything was going. Like that is, that is a perfect example of like, just live in the moment and enjoy it while you can. You absolutely have to, because, uh, you know, life and basketball can present you a lot of sobering realities. (laughs) So, uh, so you got to say, okay, that team was so darn fun. Um, And, um, and, you know, or moreover, this team is so darn fun right now. Now, I think that's, that's really what it is. So um, for me, I talked about this on the show. It's like um, the challenge that I'm the homework I'm giving myself is find things to be excited about this team for the remainder of the season, because I do these podcasts every day and coming on here and be like, well, they lost to the Hawks. This team stinks. It's just like, not, um, I, no one deserves that on this, on this show. So yeah, I'm going to try to find some joy. They play the Hawks on Friday and the magic on Sunday. Uh, it's a little afternoon game, a little matinee game, uh, Portland time. I, I love that magic oh. team, by the way. Yeah, they're fun. I would I have I would, fallen got, in love with them. I got to be honest. I would be all in on them. Too many Duke guys. <laughs> 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 I like. I am not rooting for a team with Wendell Carter Jr. and Paolo Bancaro. I'm cool. I'm good on it. Like they are really fun. And every time I watch them, I appreciate how good they are. And Franz Wagner is really freaking good. Uh, and Markel Fultz is a fun sort of reclamation story. But too many Duke guys. Not for me. No, thank you, Magic. That could be a really tough game for the Blazers just because Orlando's size up and yeah, down the they're roster. They're really big. They're really big. <laughs> Portland's really, really small. They so are. That, that actively, could be a scary matchup. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, this, like I said, I think this road trip will kind of um, 
there won't be much debate when they get the end of it. If they do really well, you'll you'll say like, hey, they've proved it. And if and if it goes kind of the way it's been going recently, that we won't there won't be I won't be asking you what they should do because they will have already done it at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. it'll be back. They don't get back in town till March fourteenth. Uh, they play the Knicks on March fourteenth back home at the Motor Center. So basically, two weeks on the road. Um, everybody, go 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 read Jason Quick at the Athletic. Jason, thanks so much for for joining the program. I always appreciate it. Yep, it's always fun to be with you, Mikey. Let's 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 just go ahead and say Blazers back, Knicks, Celtics, Clippers in that middle of March. Could could that be the return of Mike Richmond to the Motor Center? Could it be? Could it be? Go check it out. Uh, subscribe to the Athletic. Jason alone is worth it. Plus, you get a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, tell your friends about this podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts. It's also on YouTube. We do one of these every single weekday, Monday through Friday. It's a whole bunch of fun. Um, If you listen this deep into the podcast, you're a diehard Blazers fan. So subscribe wherever you are listening and come back for more. I appreciate you listening. I will talk to you soon.